0: From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced.
1: And hello, everybody, and welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and it is my distinct pleasure to welcome our guest today, Secret Holland. Hi, thanks for having me. Welcome to the show, Secret. Um, for those of you who might not know Secret, she is the Vice President of Human Resources and Community Affairs at Gas South, LLC. And I will let her tell our listeners just a little bit about what that role entails.
0: I'm so excited and proud to work with the HR Community Affairs team at Gas South. We are responsible for all aspects of HR recruiting and training and compensation and benefits and diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, just, you know, serving the partners and customers at Gas South. The Community Affairs function also has a volunteerism aspect. One of our big focuses is to be a fuel for good. So we give 5% of our profits back to children in need. In the area here in Atlanta, and also in the Gainesville, Florida areas, we have a second office there. So, have a great team of uh, 29 folks. And uh, hopefully some of them are with us today.
1: Listening, yes. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we are seated, seated here in the Gas South Convention Center. Now I only learned by putting my foot in my mouth when you and I first met and asked if we'd ever seen each other here that it wasn't quite, um, they're not quite congruent. So while there's a relationship, it's not a direct relation. So we are delighted to partner with Gas South as well. We sing your praises and I thank you for coming uh, to visit us today in studio. Secret, I'll just give our listeners a little background about how you and I met. For those who are not local and are unfamiliar with one of the largest tournaments that we host in this area, it's the Mitsubishi Electric Classic Golf Tournament, and it's held at the Sugarloaf TPC course, which is right down the street. And I moderated the Women's Executive Day panel, and Secret was one of the esteemed panelists. And we were just talking before the show about what a robust conversation we were able to have with all of the talented ladies, and how much um, power was actually behind the message that we all delivered. So thank you. I'm so glad that we had a chance to meet there. And I'd like to share some of those points with our current listeners. So let's kind of rewind secret and talk about how you got into the world of HR, because I know it was a little um, different of a road and you kind of paved the way. So share with us that story.
0: Well, I spent the first 31 years of my career at Southern Company in multiple subsidiaries: Georgia Power, Southern Company Services, and Southern Link Wireless. The first 16 years I was in procurement materials And then my master's degree was in HR. I wanted to do something different. And so I moved over to the HR world for the second half of my career there. When I uh, got a little older, I retired because I wanted to work closer to home with my kids. And I was fortunate to work for a great little company out in Douglasville for a little while and then ended up at Gas South, which is just the most amazing place to work. The culture is wonderful. The people work so hard and do so well. And it's just a really great environment, so it's kind of my second career. I've been there ten years, and when I got there, most of the support functions were outsourced: HR, IT, supply and trading of gas was all outsourced because the company kind of started up and uh, grown, and then over time hired more people, in sourced customer care. So went from fifty-five or sixty people to one hundred and fifty overnight, and started to need more of an HR function. So came in there and uh, helped that that growth through um, in- source and recruiting and then in source and training and then the company insourced IT and we buy and trade and our schedule our own gas now. and so we've grown into a, a really nice, robust mid-sized successful company and we need support to do that. So we've built a diversity equity inclusion function and enhanced our community affairs function and just just grown along as the company's grown. And then in 2020 when we acquired Infinite Energy, was based in Gainesville. That's when we became involved with the Gas South District and the branding here as part of that acquisition. So we increased our workforce 60 percent in 2021 uh, through some really hard work by all the leaders at Gas South, And we've built um, just a great company. I'm proud to be part of it and proud to work with the people there. So uh, I I, uh, had a lot of great help in doing anything that's been done there.
1: Well, congratulations to you and Gas South for your success. I know you guys will continue to um, make a great impression on the community and continue to um, move forward. Talking about your team secret, you are just kind of singing their praises. What do you think is a component that makes your team
0: so successful? I, I really think it's teamwork and caring. We are, um, we're very close. Everybody's very close. We take an interest in each other personally and professionally. We help each other grow. Um, I tell my team that I may be driving the bus, but if I drive off a cliff, we're all dead. So somebody better say, boss, you're going the wrong way and, um, you know, speak up. And so we all, everybody challenges and makes it better and we put our heads together. I certainly don't know everything that everybody does and I'm not an expert in everything, but I have an expert doing anything that's done. And so they're the ones that should lead when when that area is the area of focus. So there's, it's just a very caring environment, very... Trusting environment, very close, and we work hard. We play hard. We have fun, and uh, we eat well.
1: Oh yes, I remember the days of working for a corporation. There was never a shortage of food in the break room or any luncheons or team experiences. So,
0: well, it just offers a great opportunity for engagement. You know, particularly now in this hybrid environment, we miss having people in the office, and we respect the commute woes here. But uh, we do love it when we have a good crowd in the office and and can just chit chat and eat together and that kind of thing. But our team actually was so close prior to the pandemic. We didn't really lose anything during that time. And even the folks we picked up from Infinite Energy that joined the HR team, we were close from the very beginning. So I think it's, I think HR affords opportunity to build that kind of team because the kind of people that are in there are people, people. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, Different teams that have different skills, they're going to have a different work environment. That doesn't make it any, any better or worse. It's just different. But when we're in the office, it's loud and rowdy and, and fun. fun and, yeah. and our, our neighbors in IT and accounting just kind of look at us and roll their eyes. Because oh, it's a little quieter in their department. Yeah, they're probably working <laughs> harder. <laughs>
1: it sounds like you're really in love with what you do and you exude just pride when you speak about um, the things that you do to help other people. What would you say is your favorite part about being in human resources?
0: I think my favorite part is the opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life, whether you're helping them through a personal crisis at home or whether you're coaching them on an area of opportunity or whether you're rewarding them with a new opportunity. I think I try to leave things a little better than I find them every day, especially having spent 17 years in the Boy Scouts. (laughs) That's one of the things the Scouts do is always leave a place better than they found it. And so just the opportunity to help people. Um, I make decisions that affect people. And I always, you know, work for the company. So the company comes first, but the people come very close second. And so I work very hard to balance the needs of the company and the needs of the individual in different situations. And And I have a great team around me to give me some advice sometimes when I struggle with a decision. Uh, And I have wonderful support from uh, Kevin Griner, our CEO, Mm -hmm. and uh, all of the executive team. So uh, I just, I like, I like making a difference. And everybody at Gas South has that opportunity to make a difference. Everybody's opinion is welcomed. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the things that makes us great. Sounds like a
1: really awesome team culture. It is. And shout out to Kevin because he's a friend of the studio. He's been on on Gwinnett Business Radio several times. Kevin is a great speaker. He really is. I just saw something that they're doing here um, with the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I saw it on LinkedIn. He was doing some promotions. That's another part of just being here secret. It's so awesome to see all the other things that are going on while we're sitting here doing a show like uh, the gem show that's here today. No idea what they've got going on over there, but maybe we can peek in after.
0: I think there's a graduation next door, too. And a graduation,
1: too. There you go. So you said 17 years of Boy Scouts. So you are a mom. You have a daughter and a son. And um, I imagine that you did that with your, your son when he was growing up. Mm-hmm. But 17 years sounds like you carried them all the way through. Now, I'm not too familiar with Boy Scouts, but I know that there's one that supersedes, like, you know, high uh, school, possibly.
0: Yeah, Cub, Scout starts Cub Scouts start in the first grade. And goes to age 10 or 11. And then basically middle school through high school is bo- is technically Boy Scouts. Boy scouts. Mm-hmm.
1: So you were uh, like a Cub mom and then a BSA well, mom?
0: It started out with his dad. His dad was going to be, the, the, he and dad were going to do Scouts and Anna and I were going to do competition cheerleading. Uh-huh. And then his dad hurt his back and so he couldn't camp. And so little seven-year-old Adam said, Mommy, can't you be one of those Scout den leader people? Mm-hmm. So then I was a scout den leader and a cheer mom. <laughs> at the
1: same time. <laughs> at the same time. Talk about being split in two different directions.
0: Yeah, and trying to work. You know, I did have a job, a real job at, at the time. Scouting <laughs> <laughs> yeah. scouting's a wonderful, a wonderful opportunity for, for young people, now boys and girls, to learn all kind of skills. Um, Adam is an Eagle Scout, and um, he's become very social. He was very shy as a child. But as he went through the different steps of of Eagle uh, Scout and different badges he had to work on and people he had to go talk to and learn to assert himself, he's now a very sociable and comfortable young man. Very nice.
1: You know, I hear that Boy Scouts and I guess, or excuse me, Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts and Eagle Scouts, that really does um, prepare people for a successful future. Mm -hmm. You talked about learning fundamentals, but also it teaches discipline and teamwork. And like you shared, it kind of pulled Adam out of his shell. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, Secret, what
0: is one thing that you learned during your tenure in Boy Scouts? One thing that I learned in Scouts is that kind of once, once an Eagle, always an Eagle. Well, once a Scout, always a Scout. So if I need something, I can call anybody I ever met in Scouts, and they'll come. Uh, they can call me, and I'll come. And I think the boys feel the same way. Some of them, uh, we had a young man whose father passed away recently, and his, his entire patrol came from all over to the funeral. Aww. Because they just they b- develop these lifelong bonds. You know, they get busy, and they scatter. But then when they get back together, it's like they never, never were apart. Yeah. And I have some scout girlfriends that I get together with at least once every six or eight weeks. And it's, it's kind of just a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I wear a scout jacket or a shirt or something through the airport, other people speak Recognize to me. Recognize it, yeah. Uh, and the Eagle Scouts have kind of a little bond. When Adam went to college at Tennessee, he lived in a house with some guys. And I went to visit one time. I, I don't recommend you ever visit a house that, of four, guys. that four freshman boys live in in college. So I only went once. But when I went in, there was like money lying around and, you know, wallets and expensive coats and stuff. And I'm like, Adam, why don't you put your stuff away? He said, Mom, I live with Eagle Scouts. Oh. I don't have to put my stuff away. I'm like, yeah, but unless everybody that comes in the door is an eagle, you might a want trust. to put your yeah. stuff away.
1: That's so sweet, just the bond and the trust that they had uh, within each other. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And they got to go to school together too. How mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. Help me understand, Secret, because you had two children. You were working at the time and I assume maybe married mm-hmm. and doing a lot of other things in the previous chapter. How were you able to kind of... Um, equally divide your time and serve all of those entities at once?
0: Well, you never equally divide your time among that many things. You you prioritize, right? Sometimes work takes takes precedent. I remember many times Curtis would go out and get the tent all set up, and Adam would be there, and I would come in on two wheels in time for the opening <laughs> ceremony. Uh, you do it with help is the way you do it. You do it with your community. Um, my kids have a great dad. Um, he and I are best friends. In fact, Anna, I helped Anna buy a house recently, and she had all these things that needed to be done, and a little punch list. I said, call your dad. Let, he lives in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. I said, call your dad. Let him come and fix it. So he called me. He said, I'm going to come help Anna. Can I stay with you? I said, absolutely. So he stayed with me for a week mm-hmm. while he helped Anna with her house. So I think that you, you balance it. You surround yourself with great friends and great family, and, and you also set your kids' expectations. I remember one time I went to pick Anna up from cheerleading, and, she was about ten or eleven, and, and I picked her up, and she said, "I just wish one time you could get here in the car line with everybody else, Aww. because it's so embarrassing when you don't come and I have to go back inside and sit in Miss Page's office." And I said, "Well, you know what? I could quit my job, and then you wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to afford cheerleading. So, would you rather, mommy, be late once in a while, or would you rather quit cheerleading?" Mm. She said, "Well, it's actually kind of fun in Miss Page's office." <laughs> she had to
1: understand yeah give give and get
0: yeah so you know my sister uses a phrase unit you know you're a part of a family unit and you have to do your part and so I think that that's the way you balance when the I remember many times I would be at a cheerleading banquet with Anna and then take a midnight flight for a business meeting the next morning because I wasn't going to miss her banquet so you just prioritize and and make it to what you can and it's funny, when they grow up, mine are 27 and 24 now, mm-hmm. and they don't remember the times I wasn't there. Yeah. They, they remember the times they I was. Mm-hmm. But when it happens as a mom, you know, you, you think it's scarred them for life.
1: Mm-hmm. They're yeah. resilient. They are. Children are resilient. They really are. So congratulations, Anna, on her new house. That's Thank That's very you. exciting. It Thank sounds you. like both of your children are flourishing. What were you doing at the time? We keep talking about your career, but I'm unfamiliar with during that time in your life. What were you doing?
0: Good question. So scouting started in like two thousand four. 2003, 2004, and that was about the time I got my first formal leadership job. I had had a lot of project management leadership before then, but I was um, recruiting manager for Georgia Power uh, along with several others. There was one in Alabama, one in Mississippi, and so forth. So I was a rec- recruiting manager in Georgia Power, and then I went to Southern Link Wireless, the, the cell phone and telecommunications subsidiary, as a manager out there. And so I also supported Southern Company Aviation. This was like 2010. So I was just—I was in HR. I had moved from procurement to HR in 1998, as just an HR generalist and supported Northwest Georgia. Um, I had from Lagrange to Cumming, all the Georgia Power offices out there to help them with their people stuff. And then, then I went to recruiting, and then I went down to uh, to our call center in McDonough for a while as an HR you know resource for them and so just wherever I was needed um just kind of continually growing and learning and got up to kind of a senior manager director level at Southern Link Wireless and was supporting Southern Company Aviation we have, have four bases and they you know have a lot of staff they needed some help once in a while so that was my last my last job and then in 2012 when I went to work out in Douglasville um at a company with HR out there and then Uh, So I was close to home for about 15 months and then came to Gas south. So I was just, I guess the phrase, climbing the ladder, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was able to do that because I had great support from their dad Mm -hmm. and from my girlfriends. Uh, I'll never forget one of the time my girlfriends was going to be out of town for like a week and she put together this schedule for which girlfriend was going to pick up which daughter (laughs) to go to dance or Uh to go to to cheer or to go all these places we uh, the three women she was gone and the other two of us had our schedule when we were supposed to pick up the child and deliver them because grandma couldn't drive them around so you just do stuff like that you know carpool carpool that's right
1: that's, that's very right. helpful. You were talking about a uh, family unit. And, you know, I've heard the the phrase, it takes the tribe. It sounds like you're exercising all resources during that time in your life.
0: Yeah, I'm blessed to have multiple tribes. I think that's important.
1: It is important. I'm going to kind of shift gears here because we're talking, um, we were talking about your family a little bit, but I want to put you in the hot seat because I know you a little bit, <laughs> shall I say. Sure. You endured, I don't know if endured is the right word, but you have. Progressed and you have grown through some different times and some different roles and some interesting situations. We are here on Celebrating Powerhouse Women, but you and I have had conversations about not only women being good models for leadership, but also men can be that for women. Share with us an experience about when you were kind of looking up to someone or a mentorship um, that wasn't necessarily with another female?
0: It's, there's so many wonderful men. So tell, men, yeah, so many share, wonderful share men an example of one. That I've worked with. I cannot remember his name. Mm-hmm. You know how they, like you are, Yeah, it's, it's on the spot, yeah. Yeah, I think it was, it was one of the guys at Georgia Power that was just so calm and would just give great feedback. The people that I think are the best leaders are the ones that tell you what you need to hear, and sometimes it hurts, and sometimes you don't take it well, but I, I had a, I have a, a mentor at Gas South that says, you know, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't tell you this stuff. So, I think sometimes men are reticent to share with women that they work with, but mm. but sometimes they're not. So there there have been many great men. The one at Georgia Power was just patient and calm and kind, but also told me exactly what I needed to hear. And I was it was young in my career, and so I remember one time he did say, "Secret: Build yourself a network because you should always have friends you haven't used yet." <laughs>
1: It is important to have a, a large, ne- large network. I call that a sphere of influence and you can just call upon anybody. There are connections that I've made in secret. Mm-hmm. I had to learn the difference between a connection and a friend. Yeah. They're not always the same and they don't have to be in the same bucket. But when I was early in my career, I categorized everybody as a friend. I thought that just people that I connected with or touched in the marketplace were my friends. Mm-hmm. And I was largely disappointed when the time came to call upon a friend. So I admire that about you building your network vast and wide. Um, Secret, I think this this sounds like a great time for us to take a break. We have some partners that we want to pay homage to. And um, we'll be right back. Perfect. Thanks. NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs nema is a proud sponsor of the celebrating powerhouse women podcast series we know running a business is hard there are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time the resources the experience or you just don't want to do it yourself at sourced we have your back office we support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down whether it's accounting talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you,
0: check us out at GetSourced.com.
1: I feel like I'm And welcome back, friends, to Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Peerch-Marmalejo, joined by Secret Holland, who is the Vice President of Human Resources and Community Affairs for Gas South, LLC. And she and I were just having so much fun during the break, so pardon our snickering. We will bring you into the laughter with us. So before we took a break, we were talking about mentorship and leadership, and you were sharing um, your years of success. Now I kind of want to jump into overcoming obstacles and maybe some... Um, fun and funny things secret. So we were talking about college before the show and secret graduated from Georgia State University where you have elaborate your master's in science. Yeah
0: master of science in like strategic planning and organization effectiveness and design and a minor in change management. So just kind of building helping companies grow and organize and then be effective. Which is what you do best. We were talking
1: about some funny stories from college and during your time at college, you used to do something unique with your school books. Um, talk about yeah. <laughs> Talk
0: about the library secret. Yeah, no, this is I'm really dating myself. I'm sure people haven't ever heard of this, but there was a little building, a um, little restaurant kind of building right at the corner of the campus. I wish I could remember the address. But um, it, they started it and decorated it by students turning in their used books. So instead of taking our books back to the bookstore to get credit for new books, which would have made much better sense, you could take your books to the bar and trade your books for bar credit. And so they decorated the entire building in books and bookshelves. It didn't take very long, I'll tell you that. And so the big joke was, I'll meet you at the library. And so it was the big library was on campus, and the little library was the bar, and so uh, my classes were five thirty to seven thirty during the week. I did all my college at night while working at Southern Company, and uh, so about four thirty, I would slide out of out of work and go down to the li- the little library, and uh, have a couple of drinks and finish my homework. Um, at one point in my career, I had a company car because I was driving fifty three miles one way to work, down in McDonough, and I didn't think about the fact that. At 4.30, uh, my company car probably shouldn't be sitting in the parking lot at the bar. So the a couple of weeks went by, and I went in one day, my boss said, "Uh, have you been to the library? And I'm like, "Uh, yes, ma'am. And she said, would you please park your company car across the street in the parking lot instead of at the bar? I said, that would be very wise. Thank you for that lesson. (laughs) So uh, I think the library is since defunct, although I thought it was a tremendous idea myself.
1: I do, too. And I'm wondering if the library bar owner was in cahoots with the library um, person, because those books are expensive. And I remember the trade in value is like 10 percent of what you paid. It really
0: was. But I'll tell you that did not take long to decorate that place. And so I'm
1: wondering if he then sold them back to the bookstore and made a profit.
0: I don't know. He might could have because people kept bringing them in and kept turning them down because there was no room to put any more books.
1: That's amazing. Be like, that's my sociology book over there and I got
0: two Millers for it. Well, it was just comfortable, you know, because everybody was in there getting ready for class. And so it was was just a nice way to transition from work to school. Those are long days.
1: If anybody out there listening went to Georgia State University and you remember the library, we'd like to
0: hear from you. Absolutely. (laughs) Like to meet you in the stacks. I probably had a drink with you.
1: It's funny to me that you said that you were doing your homework in the library, mm-hmm. or me, in the library, in the bar library. I can't imagine any setting where I've been in a bar that I would want to crack open a book or even a pen and pad and, and just kind of sit you, there and pluck you, away.
0: You really think I wanted to be doing this?
1: <laughs> you had to do it.
0: I would much rather have just been talking and eating. And eating, yes. yes.
1: So during that time in your life, Secret, what would you say kind of was the allure to go in the direction that you went for your education did you know when you started college what you wanted to do definitively or is it something that you kind of figured out along the way
0: well i started in procurement as a typist because i didn't have a college degree or anything and i was just glad to get a job at georgia power such a great place to work and so after working there for a few weeks as a proofreader and a typist i found out about the tuition reimbursement program because i didn't grow up in a college family i'm a first generation college person and so I found out about the tuition reimbursement program, and I was married at the time and started asking about just you know, going to class in the evenings at Clayton Junior College. Clayton was a junior college right. decades ago. <laughs> and so I started at Clayton Junior College just in a general business field. And then when I got my associates, I went to the leaders in procurement at Georgia Power and asked them, and this was in the 80s, okay, dating myself, asked them what kind of degree women should get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, well, women do well in accounting, don't do finance unless you're going to get a master's. Georgia Power doesn't have to market their product. Again, this was the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So um, we suggest accounting. So I went and got a BBA in accounting and did a lot of budget work and procurement. And kind of I rose up to where I was in this mentorship program where I got to work with uh, a lady in Macon named Joe Wilbanks. She was a division leader. She was a great woman. And I got to work with her, and then I was kind of, honestly kind of hitting a glass ceiling a little bit 40 years ago, and was so interested in leadership and people. So um, a a job came open in HR, and uh, the HR VP called Joe and said, do you think Secret could do this job? And Joe said, absolutely. So I applied and shifted over from procurement to human resources. And then as I started learning about it, I thought I want to know more. Mm -hmm. I need a better education in this field. And so I went back and got my master's at night. And so... Um, that's kind of how I changed feels. Wow. I didn't, by the time I got my accounting degree, this was back when there was like the big 10 accounting firms, mm-hmm. um, they were, they were offering me less money than I was making oh. and I had to travel 70% of the time and I was married. Yeah. So I was like, well, well I don't have to be a CPA. Mm-hmm. I can take the exam, but not get the certification because right. <laughs> I'd rather do this people stuff. Yeah. Well, you're good at that people stuff. Well, thank you. <laughs> you're I tr- welcome. I try hard. I, I, I've learned more from my mistakes than my successes, quite honestly.
1: And you know what? As long as you do learn from those mistakes, then they weren't for nothing. Exactly. Um, I'm curious because you said glass ceiling and you kind of reached a glass ceiling. Just metaphorically in life or to anybody, not necessarily that specific instance, when you reach that wall or the glass ceiling, how do you break through secret? You don't. You don't? You move over. You move over?
0: hmm Like shift? Oh, you move to the right or move to the left because you can't break through? Well, I think that, too many people measure success by promotions and going up and going higher. And when I was growing up, depth in your field was what was rewarded. Um, you know, 20 years of this or 30 years of that. I, over time, it's changed, and breadth makes a better employee. The more you know about different parts of the company, the better you're able to do any job in the company. So I think if you hit a, hit a glass ceiling, which there aren't really many of those anymore mm-hmm. that I'm aware of, um, if you hit a place where you feel stuck, instead of looking up, Look to your right, look to your left. See what other jobs you can do. What skills do you have that are transferable? And when you go to a new department, you start fresh. So they don't have preconceived notions about you. You've grown. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of like, you know how you have friends that you don't see very often and and their kids keep growing? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, that kid was like eight. Well, now they're 15. Yeah the same thing when you go to work people forget sometimes that you've grown and tried to change and you're still working on your development right until you die mm-hmm. but when you shift over to a new place doing a new role you, it's kind of a fresh start and then maybe there's a path over there that you couldn't see when you were over here
1: oh I like that I would have never thought to look right or look left
0: mm-hmm. thank you for sharing sure
1: I'm curious secret because you're a very passionate woman
0: what inspires
1: you to achieve more
0: you know, that's a great question, and I think I was at a senior leadership retreat recently. where We were all working on our self-awareness. I, I, I grew up feeling like I wasn't good enough. Um, I, you know, I lived in the country. I had wonderful parents, uh, wonderful family, wonderful life, but we didn't have a lot of money, and so I didn't get to do things that other people got to do. For example, in high school, you know, back then we all had these jerseys, and you had a student council jersey, and a band jersey, and this jersey, and that jersey. Well, I had to pick one jersey, Mm -hmm. and then one year finally got two jerseys. And I wanted to be in the band, but we couldn't afford band camp, so I went to work at Wendy's Mm -hmm. um, at sixteen so I could pay for my band uniform and my camp and stuff like that. So I think that. And then when I got a car, it was because my brother lost it, and my car was fifteen years older than the cool kids' cars (laughs) at the school. And I was chubby. I've fought my weight my whole life. And so I just felt like this poor little fat girl, you know. And so I've had this drive all my life to just achieve. Achieve and do better. Wow. You know what?
1: There's nothing wrong with what kind of first car you had because it was your first car. Right? I know. I know. That's what I told
0: myself. I'm like, my car has got four wheels, and it takes you from A to B. I'll tell you what. That's right. It worked. It, it worked for me. It worked for my sister. It gave me freedom I didn't have before. It was red. Red's my favorite color. Ooh. And uh, I could stop at the barbecue place anytime I wanted to. Anytime you so, wanted. You know, you look back now, and it, and that's right. But at mm-hmm. the time, you're a teenager. Mm-hmm. It you just feel know. differently. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Humble beginnings. You know, times have changed drastically, but I think um, there are a lot of fortunate youngsters out there that are gifted with brand new vehicles when they turn 16 or 18. Not saying they're not well-deserved. They're great right. kids, good students. But I think there's something fundamentally that you learn from driving a beater and then having to... Come up with the dollars yourself to upgrade your vehicle, you know?
0: I'm seeing that in my kids. I've given my kids a lot through life. I think overdone because I feel like I didn't have some of what I wanted. I had everything I needed and Mm -hmm. some of what I wanted. Uh, But I've overgiven to my kids. And now I see them pushing me away. Like, we'll go to Walmart, and I used to buy everything. And Anna's like, no, Mom, I got this. I'll pay for this. She wants to be independent. Yeah. Or Adam will have a problem with his water at his house and he'll call me and, and I'll say, "Well, I, I know so and so." And he's like, "I don't want you to fix it. Mm. I want you to tell me what to do Aww. and fix it myself." Yeah. And so I think you're right. I think that that they like earning and doing and being independent contributors. You know, I had to be independent. I've not really allowed them to be independent because I've offered so much so fast before they even ask. So, my goal in the last my goal this year has been to, you know, wait till they ask. And if they don't ask, then don't do. They don't need it. Mm -hmm.
1: I'd like to rewind, if we may, to what you just shared. And I'm asking selfishly because you said self-awareness. And that's something that I became aware of um, probably in my early 20s. You're not truly self-aware until you kind of dig into who you are and mannerisms and behaviors, et cetera. And some of them, frankly, are quite awakening. Mm Mm-hmm through your journey of self-awareness and looking at you today, I didn't know the young girl that you just referenced. How do you see yourself? What is your personal image? Um, I will say women that I've interviewed say that women have a negative self image, you know, just by nature. And I'm guilty of that too. You know, looking in the mirror, having put on a little weight or Mm -hmm. something like that.
0: But surely you see something different now. I'm curious. It's interesting you should say that. I, um, I sent a picture of myself a few minutes ago to a friend and said, I'm trying to look like a powerhouse woman. You do. Uh, and, uh, and so that I don't feel, you know, like a little country girl. So intellectually, I'm very proud of where I am. I'm proud of what I've accomplished, who I am, what I've done for other people. Uh, but I have to remind myself, right? So... I'm proud of how I look. I'm proud of what I do for people. I'm proud of the team that I've that I've helped Built, build. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm very proud. When I look in the mirror, I'm very proud. Um, I've fought my weight, and it's where I want it to be, and uh, my hair color is evolving. I'm still trying to find the right <laughs> hair color. It looks smashing. Oh, thank you. You're thank, welcome. Thank you. You're so good. Um, trying to find the right hair color, but... Um, when I looked in the mirror today, I thought, "Yeah, I'm I'm powerhouse. I'm qualified to be there. You absolutely Amanda are. wouldn't have invited me if I wasn't. Yeah. So, so I see a an attractive, successful woman who gives of herself to others. Yes. Um, and I, I I see an expert in her field mm-hmm. um, who's who has worked hard to develop everybody on her team. And so uh, I see a successful person that is proud of herself.
1: So do I, Secret. And I am delighted that you and I have a chance to be in each other's world now. And I'm very excited to hear what the future may hold. When you feel that your time is complete at Gas South and you turn over the baton, what is in the future for Secret Holland?
0: Gosh, that's a great question. (laughs) So I dated a guy one time. I was talking about retirement. He said the word retirement is nowhere in the Bible. I said, really? Wow. I didn't know that. And he knows the Bible front and back the word retirement is not in the Bible Uh, God meant for us to continue to contribute to life as long as we can and that was a powerful statement to me Um, and uh, I do stay busy my calendar is a war zone and I fill it up intentionally because I like to be busy so I started thinking what could I do that would balance my personal desires but still allow me to do what I love. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in the process. I'm not I'm not there entirely, but I'm in the process of setting up an independent um, HR consulting firm. Hopefully that will help small and mid-sized businesses with their deeper HR needs, employee relations, investigations, policy design, those kind of things. There's a lot of small and mid-sized businesses that have great HR people to handle their payroll and their benefits and mm-hmm. those kind of things. But when it comes to mentoring or coaching or succession planning, most, um, particularly entrepreneurial companies, can't afford a headcount to do that, and uh, certainly not one with 25 or 30 years of experience. So, so I, um, I'm starting a little thing called HR Secrets, which um, <laughs> oh, I think is very cool. My daughter, Anna, uh, has some marketing background. She helped me with the logo and the name. Super
1: catchy name. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. I'm pretty proud of that. Mm-hmm. It's funny, this name was a burden as a child. You can't imagine secret, all yeah. the jokes. Kids are mean. Secret They're agent, so secret mean. squirrel, uh, you know, top secret.
1: I'd like to be a secret agent when or a secret squirrel.
0: When I lived in Villareca, it was long distance to call my school, and I'd have to call Collect from home, mm-hmm. and the operator wouldn't connect me because my name was Secret. So oh I my just, goodness. I know, I just started using my middle name, Lisa. They, they, they thought you were pranking them, yeah. saying this uh, <laughs> is secret. Uh, Call from Lisa, and the first time I did that, my mother didn't accept the call because like, she okay, didn't know who it was. This is not working for me. <laughs> um, but it, but you know, it got to the point where it's kind of like share. You know, I don't really mm-hmm. need a last a last name. Yeah, just I always that. have to tell the story of uh, my grandparents didn't know about me until I was born, and uh, my father wanted me to have a really special name. My mother didn't like it. She did get used to it, mm-hmm. uh, but. Um, it's turned into a, a blessing and an advantage. It's a brand. Uh, when you misbehave, though, it's not good because everybody remembers who you are. But, right. But when you do something good, it, it's beneficial. So, so anyway, HR secrets and and my daughter's building me a website. And so the idea is that I just put somebody on retainer for two hours a month or four hours a month or however much they think they'll need, mm-hmm. and they just call me when they need me. Um, and if it's just question and consulting, I can answer that from a golf course because mm-hmm. my next thing is to actually. Play play. golf well and not just hack around the course. (laughs) I think you're going to do pretty well. I've not seen you
1: in play, but I've seen you on the course, and you look very natural. And I'm going to, may we talk about the person who I met with you at the tournament? Sure. So I met your your friend Shane. That's right super interesting fella and he had on a pair of help me because I'm gonna say the wrong words what were his pants knickers knickers okay Mm -hmm. and he had on the hat too
0: oh yeah looking like
1: a Scottish golfer
0: he is styling and profiling
1: all the way wait give the website do you know it my website no for his pants Because he sells the pants. No, I don't know it. Oh, dang it. We're sorry, Shane. We'll probably (laughs) include that in the show notes, because if anybody out there wants a pair of these pants, you are going to look super fly on the golf course. (laughs) He
0: he is gorgeous when he dresses up. (laughs) Super fly. It's on his little
1: Payne Stewart outfit. I'm sure you guys will have a great time. Um, I'm going to put a pin in golf and I want to rewind because you mentioned something before the show that I can't let our listeners leave without you sharing the story. Cause I haven't even heard it and I'm at the edge of my seat. Well, I hope I remember <laughs> it.
0: I keep forgetting
1: everything I've told you. Well, it's because I've had two cups of coffee. So I'm a jumping bean. So you were talking about your favorite job thus far in your whole life. And I'm curious secret. What was your favorite job?
0: You know, I, uh, I wondered if you might ask that, and I was giving it some thought. And I've said this many times to many people. I've been blessed to have wonderful jobs everywhere I've worked. I've had wonderful bosses and wonderful friends. I've done a lot of cool things. I've been to a lot of cool places, and I I hope to continue to do that. But the best job I've ever had is to be a mom. Mm. Shout out to Anna and Adam who made you a mama. That's right. Well, actually, Curtis made me a mama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, don't forget Curtis. <laughs> yeah, their dad made me a mama. But, but yeah, shout out to them, their blessings. What has been the most rewarding part of that journey of motherhood? Watching them grow and find their way and um, just turn into to, to people, to adults. You know, I, I have some friends that you know are just now having babies. I mentor several people, and and I go to their baby showers. They're just now having babies, and you know they're they're nervous, and I'm like, it's harder physically when they're younger. Mm-hmm. It's harder mentally when they're older. It's harder financially the older yeah, they get. They yeah. Older yeah. they get. There's all these amazing phases that you sometimes want to rush through, but um, it's worth the wait mm-hmm. if you'll just enjoy each phase as it comes and and watch them grow and learn and and teach them. And one of the things I would do differently is not make it so easy on mine. They mm-hmm. should have had to to work in high school and. They, I should have followed through on some of the consequences, I promised, but I didn't. And so they're learning now how to do hard things. But I, had a, I didn't get to have a 22-year childhood of fun, and I wanted them to have, have that. that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, you've obviously instilled the work ethic in them, so they have all the tools they need to succeed. It's just a matter of opening the box and selecting the screwdriver
0: for the job. Yeah, Anna tells me often, Mom, this is not your fault. You know, we're making our own decisions now. So quit blaming yourself because we're not. Mm-hmm. Look at that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so excited for you, Secret, in the next the next chapter of your journey. I can't wait to keep up with you and hear about um, HR Secrets. I told you our time would fly together mm-hmm. as 45 minutes has passed. Oh, my gosh. I know. Is there anything that you'd like for our listeners to know before we part ways?
0: Well, I would like them to know I don't usually forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I tell so many stories so many places. That's one of the things that I, I try to do is give real-life examples and not sound like a textbook. So I tell so many stories, and I try to tell different stories different places I go, so I don't remember them all. Uh, the poor guy at Georgia Power, i got, got to remember his name at some point.
1: It'll come to you at the weirdest uh, time. Yeah, well, as that soon as we get me, off yeah. the air. As soon as, soon as we get off the air. later, you're
0: going to be like, Tom! Yeah, <laughs> So I do I do usually do a better job of remembering things, but I would just like them to know that, that being with you is a delight. I uh, fell in love with you at the oh. MEC, and uh, I'm honored that you would think that I'm a, a powerhouse woman.
1: Thank you, Secret. Uh, uh,
0: I'm glad to be here. Your staff is amazing. This process has been really, really fun, and I hope that... Uh, I get to take you lunch soon and thank you properly. I can't wait. And maybe we can go uh, chip a few together Oh, and wow. a few
1: balls. Yeah, we've got golf clubs. Mine are going to go in all different directions. I'll go it's a Mod Podge set. That's okay. It's all right. I'll borrow clubs. Dan, st- you want to be our, our caddy? Mm-hmm. Dan can be a caddy. Dan can yeah, be sure. a caddy. <laughs> Dan's All great. caddy for you. So just because you recognize the team secret, I don't do this often because this is a ladies show, but we do have two gentlemen here in studio with us that this would not be possible without. So I'd like to recognize our producer, Dan, and then the owner and operator of the studio who's with us as well, Mike Salmon. So thank you, gentlemen, for your hard work
0: and helping us propel this message. Absolutely. You guys have been amazing. It's nice to meet you and work with you. I hope I get to come back.
1: Yes. Well, you're welcome anytime. And I know you and I are going to have a a conversation about possibly... Secret might be hosting a podcast in the near future. We don't know. That could just be an, mm. uh, it could I, just be the cat out of the can, bag. Can I borrow Mike and Dan? <laughs> you know, we can't do it without a team. Said, They're the muscle. Exactly. Secret, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, experience, and wisdom with our listeners. Um, I treasure the relationship that we're developing, and I look forward to a blossoming friendship. For those of you out there listening to this live, you know we are here every Friday at 1130. You can also listen online anytime at businessradiox.com and select the Gwinnett Studio, look for the Rosie the Riveter icon. That is our brand. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. For our guests today, Secret Holland. For our producer, Dan, and always, Mike, I am your host, Amanda Peerch-Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X.